But because I never healed my money wounds and because I never healed all those self-limiting beliefs that I just had to overwork, that money was hard to come by, that I didn't deserve it, that I wasn't good enough, that, and all the things that you go through growing up Latina, growing up in inner city neighborhoods where there's just so much pressure to have to try to fit in, but also try to not fit in. Imagine building wealth beyond your ancestors' wildest dreams and working on something that brings you purpose rather than chasing a paycheck. If you are ready to dive into understanding your relationship with money and create the money systems you need to design your dream life and earn passive income, you need to be part of my Viva La Investing program. Join today by using the link in the show notes. My name is Lucy King. I am on a mission to teach Latinas and women of color how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money, invest in the stock market, and launch an online business. I am a mom, a wife, a speaker, and author who launched her online business after I was denied access to financial advice because I didn't have $100,000 to start investing. Just like you, I used to believe that we Latinas and women of color have to work mentally and physically hard to earn money. On this show, I share the strategies to manage your dinero, all things finance, and well-building from a holistic perspective. I give you relatable personal finance tips with solo and guest episodes every week. Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. ¿Estás lista? Vamos. Busy Mujer, before we dive into today's Dinero Chisme, I want to remind you to follow us on social if you are loving the podcast, want to build community, and learn all of the money chisme and behind the scenes of our business. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everywhere else on social. If you are loving the podcast, please leave us a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it is the easiest way to share our podcast and help other mujeres find us and build wealth juntas. So take a moment to review and subscribe so you don't miss any dinero chisme. For more well-building tips, make sure you check our blog at www.sayolawell.com blog. If you're ready to increase your dinero, check out my free 20A Passive Income Guide to be entered to join my email list where I share personal finance chisme, upcoming events, and community updates to help you build well. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome to the Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? Hola, Lucy. I'm good. How are you? I am so, so grateful that you made time for the Say Hola Well community. And for the BC Mujeres, you are very good at using your voice to elevate other mujeres. But also, you are not afraid to talk about the mistakes that you've made in your career and in your 20s. No, I love talking about me. I love talking about my mistakes, <laughs> my lessons. I call them lessons now because I feel like the lessons help you need, you know, help you become who you need to be. Absolutely. And now I know who you are, but for those mujeres that they're like, who is Vanessa? Just give us a short bio of who you are and what you do. Oh, happy to. My name is Vanessa Santos. I'm the co-CEO and partner of We All Grow Latina. I'm also a brand advisor, motivational speaker, and a songwriter. 
I love it. So Vanessa, I see you and there's so many mujeres that have seen you, have following you on Instagram, social media, through Wheel Grow. But how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Yes. So I grew up in uh, New York City, in the inner city, first generation Latina, my father from the Dominican Republic and my mother from Ecuador. And we grew up um, what's relatively considered low income. And my earliest memories of money were always arguing about it because there was never enough of, but also understanding that it was used as a form of power. My father was the breadwinner and my mother was a stay-at-home mom until she recognized that that wasn't going to be enough to get her and their three kids, because I'm the eldest of my parents' marriage, throughout and out of the, the bad neighborhood that we lived in. And they aspired for a lot more. And I think those early memories of feeling like money was hard to come by affected me in so many ways so that it created this unfortunate mindset early on in my career that I should just be grateful for anything I have as opposed to asking for more. Oh, so powerful. And I'm getting goosebumps because <laughs> this is the story of so many first-gen Latinas. And you have overcome the scarcity mindset, the the belief that you mentioned the money was power. And sometimes I think that we feel that power is bad, mm, right? No. Just like money. We're like, oh man, I'm afraid of money and I'm afraid of power. Therefore, I should just be okay with what I get. Now, throughout your career, um, I see you and I'm like, man, like I said, a chingona. I'm like, wow, she's like a star to me. <laughs> Aside from the money limiting beliefs, where there's other beliefs that you had to let go to own your voice, which is a very powerful voice in the Latino community. And in, I want to say like in the U.S., what were some limiting beliefs that you had to let go of? How long is this podcast? Because I feel like I have, <laughs> I had a lot of limiting beliefs, mainly because I do believe that we can be susceptible to our environment. I knew that I was a byproduct of my environment, but that environment also shaped me to want more. In fact, I actually do consider it a blessing that I grew up with lack of financial resources, the financial literacy, lack of opportunities, because it forced my imagination to kick in. And for a period, yes, it was a lot of fight or flight. It was a lot of feeling like I had to survive and things didn't absolutely click for me until I hit rock bottom financially. In my twenties, I made so much money, six figures, close to a million. And I lost it all by the time that I was 30 because I didn't know what to do with it. And so as much as it's important to make the money, understanding that it's a tool and understanding that it's a good opportunity for you to have power and to influence things in a positive way. But because I never healed my money wounds and because I never healed all those self-limiting beliefs that I just had to overwork, that money was hard to come by, that I didn't deserve it, that I wasn't good enough, that, and all the things that you go through growing up Latina, growing up in inner city neighborhoods where there's just so much pressure to have to try to fit in, but also try to not fit in. So I felt like I didn't actually know myself. And the, that is the worst thing that can happen to any individual who really wants to j jump out of their comfort zone. Because if you're not confident in who you are and ground yourself in knowing that regardless of what the universe is going to throw at you, you can get through it, then you're easily just going to ride and go through the motions of the wave as opposed to being able to be that the surfer that is on top of the waves and can really own your trajectory. So there were a lot of self-limiting beliefs that had to do with a lot of my own self-worth because we grew up poor. So I felt that that was just because I didn't deserve it. Um, so really took a lot of self-coaching, hired myself a life coach as well, a lot of reading to get myself out of from a survivor mindset to a thriving mindset. 
I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. As you talk about losing the money that you were earning, at what point did you realize that I got to get my, you know, I'm going to say the bad word, my shit together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. To be honest with you, when there was a point where I thought I either had to file for bankruptcy or will be homeless. Um, So I didn't know what to do with the money. I had this idea that if I looked rich and wealthy, I was doing something right. Because also growing up in New York City, um, having to surround myself in a lot of environments where everyone around me was privileged and wealthy. And I was trying to make it because I was often in a lot of environments where I was the only one, the only Latina, the only low income, the only one that was first generation, the only one that came from where I came from. And so I tried really hard to fit in, but I tried really hard to fit in from an external, um, really surface layer, superficial perspective. So I bought all the designer things. I took everybody on vacation. Anytime somebody needed money, I was the one that lent it to them. And so I became an, an ATM for so many people. And I then started to attribute my own self-worth to that. How much can I provide? How much can I provide without recognizing that I need to provide to myself first? And I never did that. And so it got to a point where I looked one day at my bank account. I was like, oh, I have no money left. I can't keep providing for people. And it was a blessing because half of those people are no longer in my life because it's obviously they were just takers. And the other half loved me regardless of whether or not I had money. And so it kicked me into overdrive and wanting to find alternative revenue streams so that I'm not just an employee and relying on my nine to five income so that I can thrive because there's so many things I wanted to do. And I knew that I couldn't do it if I was just somebody's employee. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that a lot of us fall into that category of like wanting to give, wanting to provide because, you know, our parents sacrifice so much for us. And I mm-hmm. think that's almost like a double edged source where it's like, yeah, you, you should still be one to help your parents. You should still be one yeah. to help your community, but you got to put yourself first because as you were saying on the podcast, it comes down to the self-worth, right? And if you're just giving, giving because you want to feel love, then you're just fooling yourself. So I appreciate you being honest with us. And now you talk about having multiple income streams, which is something that I coach my clients on because I don't believe in cutting expenses. I think that's just a bunch of craziness, you know, especially um, I grew up low income as well. And a lot of my clients have. And so I feel like we already experienced this car city growing up that, we don't need to continue to do that. So within who you are and all of these skills that you have, which are so many, you are a multi-passionate Latina, multi-passionate mujer. And how has that benefit with creating new ideas to have more income streams? So first I want to address something that you said that's so important that cutting back on certain expenses is going to be the game changer. I love that you said that because there's so many people that I hear say, oh, I just have to buy, stop buying my coffee. I just have to stop doing this. Actually, when you think about it, just you buying coffee or eating out a day or two, when you compound that over the course of a year, you're probably just saving a few hundred dollars. That's not going to make a dent at all in your life. And so it's about uh, having a lifestyle number, having a plan, understanding that if this is the kind of life that I want to live, how much money do I need to make in order to support that without me feeling like I'm struggling and going check by check? So, as a multi passionate, because I just love multiple things and I recognize that there's a common thread among all the things that I love to do. And this environment and society and Ivy League environments and all the corporate world environments that I've ever been in 
don't necessarily nourish people that love to do more than one thing. They make us feel like we just have to really be great at one single thing. That is that one thing that will propel you in many cases. Yes. That, and that also is true for an Olympian or an athlete or a musician, but for many of us that have multiple dexterities and talents that we want to merge, there's absolutely opportunities for you to create income streams for those. So I have multiple income streams. One of them is through my public speaking. So I get paid as a speaker, um, do a lot of keynote presentations in motivational talks and empowerment talks for a lot of conferences. And so that's one revenue stream that I have, which is why I'm revamping my website because I have a lot of new credits. And so that I want to make sure that it, it supports that new okay. revenue income stream. I also do um, e-courses and downloadables. The majority of them are free because I do believe that knowledge to our community is powerful and together I want us to build our socioeconomic power and we don't we can't do that if we gatekeep. So uh, that is a much smaller revenue stream than what I have um, compared to all the other ones, but it just allows me to put what I know into paper so somebody can download it and have access to that. So that's one other revenue stream. The other one is through investment investments that I have, uh, the dividends that pay out, and I just save on and hold on to those dividends because I keep them for an emergency fund. I keep them for whenever there are moments of instability, right? We might be entering another recession. If not, we're in some form of a recession mm -hmm. and people are still spending is because we were trained through school, through our, through marketing, through what we see to be consumers. And that is a very, very tough place to be in if you consistently are below the wage income gap. And for me, I recognize that for the most of my life, every dollar I spent, I, I spent trying to be a consumer, trying to fill my cup in so many different ways as opposed to filling my heart cup, which is very different. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a consumer, I am now an investor and I care about how I spend my money. So if that isn't going to give me a return in some way, then I do not spend that money. Or if I can't spend something, if I can't pay for it twice, then I won't buy it. And I'm completely okay with not having all the things that are trendy, that are popular on social, because it doesn't matter. Because I know that 5, 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to live very differently than most people in, in the planet. And so something that has always a quote that I've written because I love to journal, I love to write one day, I want to write a book is I am comfortable living the way most people won't so that one day I can live the way most people can't, which oh. means cutting certain expenses that don't necessarily make sense. You don't need to have the new sneakers, the new bag, the, the clothing. You don't need to have all of the fancy things. We, we tell ourselves these stories of what we need to help us get there. But when you remove all of that is you have all of it within yourself. You just don't really love yourself the way that you think you do. Once you are really comfortable and at peace with who you are and the thoughts in your mind, then you also start believing that you are capable and worthy of more. And then you're also going to charge more and ask for more money. Um, there are times where throughout the year, another income revenue stream is coaching. I do private coaching, but I do it in a very limited basis because most of my beautiful energy is um, working at We All Grow in helping grow our community and helping invest in them and give them resources. But I also recognize that as a small business owner and organization being self-funded, we still have to invest a lot in the community and through the events and things that we do. So to supplement that, I have my content creation, I have the public speaking, I have okay. the digital resources on my website, my investments that I just, I keep there and I watch them grow. Um, 
And then I also have my one-on-one coaching that I just do for one client per quarter. I only limit myself, limit myself to that because I know that I don't have the capacity to meet multiple people on a quarterly basis. So I take on either one brand advisor. So uh, an entrepreneur who wants to launch a business or who needs guidance and coaching in her life and in her career or in her business. And so I only take one per quarter and that helps me supplement. And then the final income stream is through songwriting. Um, so my partner and I, we have Bodega Records. He is a musician, singer, songwriter, um, and he has a publishing deal through prescription. But through our partnership, he has allowed me to also flex my creative muscles. And when the song gets placed in TV shows, then we get profits from that. So that's another revenue income stream that I have. Bring me the popcorn. Tráigame más cafecito because this is such a good conversation. I wanted you to come to the podcast because A, you're, like I said, you're multi-passionate. And I know that in my life and in my career, and even now as an entrepreneur, I feel that there's a lot of people out there that shame that. Mm -hmm. The fact that you shouldn't be doing multiple things because then you confuse your audience. You shouldn't do multiple things because then you're overworking, blah, blah, blah. It's okay for us to be multi-passionate because this is how we inject more cash flow into our life, into our bank account. And you said something right now that I was just like, this is so, so freaking powerful. And that was about how you have the partnership with your partner. I know that I have some listeners that they're like, okay, how is she doing all of these? And <laughs> still have time for the love life. So I'm going to get into your personal life. Okay. okay. So she's Mosa. <laughs> I'm Chismosa too. Don't worry. I'm Chismosa so too. How do you navigate this life in your schedule, but I still have time to the love life, which is important as well. So I cannot stand the word balance. There's no such thing. The word is harmony. There are going to be times where certain things are not going to get the attention that it deserves. And I think it's about having an honest conversation with yourself on what you're willing to sacrifice and having an honest conversation with your partner on what's going to be sacrificed for the better of your higher self and your goals. And so there are times where I feel overwhelmed, but I know how to shut it off and give myself the time that I need. There are times where perhaps my partner and I don't see each other at all during the day and we only meet up at night, but we understand that that arrangement works so that we don't feel like we are sacrificing who we are for the, for the sake of a relationship. So there's something that Shonda Rhimes said that's so powerful, where she said, if you are thriving so strongly and succeeding in one area of your life, you might be hurting in another. And that is also okay. It's about harmoniously and understanding that not every day is going to be at a thousand percent. Some days you are going to have a happy and successful marriage or partnership. Other days, you won't be able to stand each other. The important thing is that you do not allow that to affect your self-worth and who you are. And also remember and understand that there's season for everything. And sometimes in relationships, the way you learn is through adversity. The way you learn is when things aren't working out because it helps you understand that person. And then it allows you to set boundaries. So many times for my partner and I, we've had to set those boundaries because it's easy to just merge our identities and forget that we too have our own individual needs. Um, and so there isn't a perfect answer. I would just say subscribe to what works for your lifestyle, for your goals and where you want to be and do not subscribe to what works for an opinions to everybody else. I also really got this important feedback from a mentor of mine is stop receiving advice from people who haven't been where you want to go. So if somebody is like a serial cheater, you probably don't want to take their advice when it comes to how to make a marriage work. If nobody has actually launched profitable six-figure or whatever businesses, 
they're probably not the person you want to buy their book from if they have no idea what it's like to launch and, and grow and scale a business. So subscribe to the things that really matter to you. But then at the forefront, have a conversation and negotiation early on. Many times couples get together, they get married and they have the negotiation conversations after. And that's really, really challenging because you end up sacrificing a lot more for yourself for the sake of the marriage, as opposed to both parties at the beginning saying, listen, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and this is going to take X amount of time. I still want to support you with this stuff. What are the days that we consider a family day? So Sunday is a family day. So Monday through Saturday, we're working. And the thing is, it also has to work with yourself. I personally love to work. So my business partner, Ana Flores, does a really good job of checking me sometimes saying, okay, Vanessa, have you given yourself time off this week? I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I haven't. So it's also making sure you have accountability partners in your life so you can continue to be successful while nourishing yourself at the same time. You just mentioned Anna. So now I'm going to ask you more things. Anna is someone who is so amazing, just like you. And I think that there's also a lot of misconception out there that two powerful mujeres cannot be in the same room. Mm -hmm. That if you are powerful, don't hang out with anybody else who is powerful because they're going to take from you. And I don't see that with the two of you. I see this amazing partnership that you guys are lifting each other up. So how has it been being the co-CEO and partner working with Anna? It's been a blessing, to be honest with you, because... I've spent so much time in corporate feeling like I always had to watch my back, feeling like it was a competition because that is the environment that is created in that, in that ecosystem for people to thrive, to be highly high performers. Um, and it's unfortunate because in so many of those environments, I always thought, well, why can't we just get along? Like, I don't want to take away from you or me getting a promotion or raise doesn't take away from you. But that environment does make you feel like it is a very competitive space because of that. I always made in my personal my personal mission statement because I also think it's important that everybody have their own personal mission statement is to um, invite through love is to call people in as opposed to call them out is to work collaboratively and bring another Latina bring another woman of color to the table if I recognize that I'm the only one the beautiful thing about working with Anna is that she is of the same mindset Anna truly embodies and understands that and that is why our mission that we all grow is if one grows we all grow is the idea that you, Lucy, having this beautiful, amazing podcast, you talking about money doesn't take away from all the other creators that also talk about finance and money. That is why there's over 800 varieties of tea because there's something for everybody. You can't expect to be that one thing for every single person. The beautiful thing about me and Anna is that we love the fact that we're co-CEOs. We love the fact that we divide and conquer. We love the fact that we can leverage and lean on each other for support and also for adoration and for admiration. Um, and so it's really important that you find partners, business partners, love partners, life partners, friendship partners that are congruent to the same personal values that you have that are that align with your own personal mission statement so that you can build more wealth and power together. One thing that I always say is that it's not enough to just have a seat at the table. We need to own the table. And the only way we do that is mm -hmm. through supporting and collaborating with each other. So anytime somebody has something going on where they launch, they do something new, I celebrate it. And I celebrate it in a non-traditional way. It's, it's great that we celebrate pregnancies and marriages. I love it. Good for them. Can we also give these women the same praise when they are wanting to launch a new business idea, when they finally launched that business, when they finally left a toxic relationship, why aren't we celebrating the other parts uh, that are equally important so that we can together make more money? Um, and the 
the power here is that if we actually work together, that is how we're going to grow our socioeconomic power. But if we continue to divide each other and be like, oh, no, pero ella está haciendo esto, or she's doing this, maybe I shouldn't, or look at her, who does she think she is? Let her think who she is. We need to be full of ourselves. There's yeah. nothing wrong with all of us being full of ourselves because we recognize that when Latinas have power and Latinas have more money, it infuses and grows the economy. Nothing bad happens with that. So the more that we have and the more that we can do it together, it's for the betterment, not just of our society and our economy, but for our future selves and the legacy that we want to leave behind. That was so beautiful. And I always say, let's build wealth together because I do truly be believe in that to the core of who I am. Like I'm a hundred percent convinced that there's enough money for all of us, like badass mujeres to go around and thrive. So I want to be mindful of your time. So I'm going to ask you two questions. One yes. is one, what is one investment that you made in yourself that you were afraid to make? And now you're like, heck yeah, I'm proud <laughs> that I did. And what is your definition of wealth? Mm, okay. So the first about the investment I've made in myself that at first I thought, mm, was this really going to be legit? So there's two things that I invested in myself. The first is I got myself a high-performance coach. She was a hybrid of a business coach and just a spiritual life coach, which is incredibly important um, in addition to a therapist. So to me, that perfect cocktail is therapy, uh, a coach, and making sure that you are giving yourself some self-help, whether it's through yoga, meditation, or working out. And so the investment is hiring that person to make sure that they keep me accountable to make sure that I can still achieve my goals. But also when we, because we know that we are our own harshest critic, that there's somebody giving me the flowers and reminding me that I got this far and reminding me of what I have accomplished in those moments where I just beat myself up because sometimes we do that. We're human. We're very complex individuals. That what was this? And what was the second question? I, I guess so into it that somebody that is. <laughs> what is your definition of wealth? Oof. Gosh, this one's this one's a really good one. Uh, my definition of wealth is being able to have financial freedom, is to have freedom to do what I want with my time, with my heart, and with my mind. So wealth is not just about money, which is incredible because it is a tool. And if you believe that money grows on trees, it absolutely will for you. You just need to see things as opportunities as opposed to from lack. But I also do believe that wealth comes from a really strong and healthy mindset from a really strong and healthy perspective and that you're giving to yourself consistently on an on a just ongoing basis so that you can continue to fill in and pour into other people. So wealth is just taking care of the whole you as it just supposed to aspects because then you'll over-index, but then you'll never be full. I love it. This has been such an amazing conversation <laughs> and just really confirms that what I saw online, like you're just being a badass chingona, oh being very thoughtful, very caring, very like a powerful voice. And having you here has been such an honor, Vanessa. So thank oh, you thank so you, much. Sam. And where can people find you? You are so sweet. First of all, I want to also thank you. I love how you show up on social media so unapologetically, especially during Latino Pay Day with Pagame. How you're saying it's so important that Latinas talk about money, that we need to have more money. I absolutely agree with you. And that's why I always love your content and support it. So just wanted to give you congratulations thank there. Thank you. Um, so obviously we can be found at wearegirllatina.com. And if you want to grow and have the support of your amiga hood, you go to amigas.wearegirllatina.com on Instagram as well at wearegirllatina. But then if you are interested in following me personally, I am at Vanessa Santos Fine and Fine is spelled F-E-I-N. And then my website, which I'm finalizing this week because I design my own stuff because I'm neurotic in that way. <laughs> I'm revamping my own website. It is vsantos.co and it will launch actually next week. 
I love it. Thank you again, Vanessa. Thank you, Lucy. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take control of your dinero, download our free 15-page Latina's Guide to Building Wealth, the ultimate blueprint to create your dinero systems. This guide includes the best tips on mindset, budgeting, and the dinero systems you need to build wealth. It is completely free, and to get a copy, you need to go to sayolawealth.com and enter code WEALTH at checkout and start creating your wealthy life today. Until next time, mujer, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.